Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Seekers Hub podcast, a regular offering of inspiring and relevant sacred knowledge. Please visit us at www.seekershub.org for more information on our online academy, reliable answers service, and engaging media. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa afdalu salati wa atamu taslim ala Sayyidina wa Nabiina Muhammad. ذي القدر العظيم وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين والتابعين لهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين الحمد لله One of the practices of the companions of the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم during his lifetime and a practice that they continued after the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ was that they used to gather to remind oneself about the Prophet ﷺ and his guidance. And amongst the companions who frequently used to do this in a particular way was Sayyidina Abdurrahman ibn, ibn Auf. And he frequently used it if he saw one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. During the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ, he would say to him, Let's come together and believe for a few moments. And they would remind themselves of what a tremendous blessing the Messenger ﷺ represents in their life. They'd remind themselves of his beautiful qualities. They would remind themselves of the great gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and that beautiful, merciful, excellent message that he has come with, that has encompassed all meanings of good and goodness in it. And the main reason for this was to nurture and strengthen the meanings of gratitude, of thankfulness, of shukr in their hearts. Because anything of the good needs to be nurtured, needs to be promoted, so that it fulfills its potential. And these meanings of faith in our hearts need that as well. And one of the, the most important of these meanings is the reality of gratitude, shukr. Very often, we take our faith for granted. Right? We say, we're Muslim. And, but that being Muslim gets reduced simply to being an identity. One means that I follow the religion of Islam. And that's it. And then it's an identity. We are Muslim. So our rights are being protected, being threatened, being this, being that. But it's all just a form. And we forget the reality. And then when we're tested, as Allah has promised, that we'll be tested on earth, we feel overwhelmed. We feel afraid. We feel uneasy. Or we feel weak in recent months, and this is shocking, 
Many people have been asking, even right here in Toronto, that is it okay for me not to go to the masjid at Isha? I used to go to the masjid at Fajr, but I'm afraid. I'm hesitant. What if other people get in power here? Um, would it be wiser right now not to send my child to Quran classes? And that's not. Because if you just identify, I'm a Muslim because that's my religion, that it's Islam, you lose sight of the bigger picture. What is a Muslim? Right? A Muslim is someone who agrees to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Islam is a meaning in your heart. Arising from the fact that you have iman. Islam is a meaning that, that is in your heart. That you have accepted to submit to the Lord of the worlds. And then, if that Islam is true, you will act upon it. Because you believe in Allah. Because you believe in Allah. Because you have iman in your heart. But sometimes we focus, okay, so if you're a Muslim, you must do A, B, C, and D. And we say, yes, that's true. But the first question to ask is to remind ourselves, why are we Muslim? Right? We're not just Muslim because we, we follow the religion of Islam. Right? That's what the implications of being Muslim are. We have to be very clear about why we are Muslim. We have to nurture this clarity in our children. Because if we don't, Islam is at threat, not only in our lives, but most particularly in the lives of our children. Because if you simply, your operational understanding is, I'm Muslim because I follow the religion of Islam. And what does it mean that you follow the religion of Islam? It means I'm Muslim. It means I do certain things. But you, you're not actively clear why are you a Muslim? You don't make it clear to your children, why are we as a family Muslim? And then you go into the wider world, where not everybody loves Muslims, right? Not everyone. There are some exceptions, right? Not everyone has goodwill towards those Muslims out there. So what will happen? If you're not clear if your children aren't clear why they're Muslims, what's the easiest thing to do? Is to edit your Muslimness. Is to edit your Muslimness. You remove those details of your being Muslim that are inconvenient. So you may not pray at work. You may perhaps not wear the hijab. You may do certain things that you know are wrong, but then may seem a little inconvenient. Or even more so, you may just say, you know what, it's not worth it. And the person may just drift away completely. Why? Because the underlying question, why are you Muslim, wasn't clear. And we are not simply Muslim because that's what our parents were. Right? 
our religion is amazing in every way. But one of the things we see in the Quran itself, one of the, the amazing things we see in the teachings of our beloved Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, very clearly, is an active encouragement, even a command, to think, to understand, to reflect. And a criticism of those who don't think, who don't reflect, who don't try to understand. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَعْقِلُونَ Do they not think? أَفَلَا يُبْصِرُونَ Do they not have insight? So we should pause frequently and reflect on this meaning of what Allah represents in your life. Because you are a Muslim, not because you pray, not because you fast, not because you come to the masjid. You are a Muslim because you believe in Allah. And because you believe in Allah, then you pray and you fast and you give in charity and you come to the masjid and you try to do the halal and you try to avoid the haram, etc. But if you don't root that in, if you don't root your religion, your Islam, your Iman in that clear sense that all of this is Lillahi Rabbil Alameen for Allah, the Lord of the worlds, then all of it will stop making sense. And this is a meaning mentioned throughout the Quran. Allah what is religion? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Allah Lillahi Dinul Khalis. Truly, Allah's is true, pure, sincere religion. Right? It's about Allah. It's about Allah. The companions used to come together to remind themselves about this meaning. Why? Because if you reflect, why do I believe? I believe because Allah has created me. If we just reflected on that reality, what does that represent in my life? It represents everything. Because the alternative to Allah creating me was for me not to exist. Can you even imagine what it means not to exist? You can't. Because it's pure nothingness. And Allah reminds us throughout the Qur'an of this meaning. That He has created us from nothing. He sustains us. what What has given you faith? Allah. Who has given you... How do you have guidance in your heart? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how do we find ourselves in the midst of winter? And even though the last few days have been good, it's chilly outside. Who has provided for us a warm building to be in? Warm clothing, warm socks. In much of the world, if the temperature was like this, people would be shivering indoors, let alone outdoors. All of these are blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's a sunnah that the Prophet nurtured in his companions, that he used to tell them, that they used to gather and say, Let's come together and believe for a few moments. And what did they used to do? They used to remind themselves of the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They used to remind themselves of what Allah, what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa represent in their lives. And this is something very, very important that all of us need to nurture, to pause, Frequently, 
and to remind ourselves of what does Allah represent in my life? What does the Messenger of Allah represent in my life? What does the Qur'an represent in my life? And if we reflect on what they represent in our lives, the resultant quality is gratitude, is shukr. Right? And it is gratitude, it is shukr that drives one towards lasting good. Because that's the way of our beloved Messenger who prayed long at night, so long that in his last days, his feet would swell from his lengthy standing. And it would be visibly painful for our beloved Messenger And his companions loved him unimaginably. They used to notice every little thing. Right? How often do we notice someone else's feet that, oh, your feet are slightly swollen? Right? But the companions, they had so much love for the Prophet ﷺ that they, they could describe the hair, the slight beautiful hair on the top of the feet of the Prophet ﷺ. They could describe each of his toes. They, they could describe the, his heel and his ankle and his shin ﷺ. Why? Because they appreciated the Prophet ﷺ. They recognized what a tremendous blessing he is in their lives. And they used to get together and remind ourselves of this. Let's come together and believe for a few moments. Right? Because it is, it's faith that is the fuel of religion. Right? Religion is not about doing things. Religion is a state of being. Right? Religion is a state of being. What does it mean that you're a Muslim? means that you believe in Allah. And because you believe in Allah, and you understand what that means, that He is your creator, your sustainer, your Lord, your benefactor, the one who has given you all that you have, therefore, you submit to Him, you turn to Him in your acts of worship. But out of gratitude, right? out of gratitude. And if you have that clarity of why you're a Muslim, then... When you see challenges, what, does, what do those challenges do? Those challenges are like the, the wind that comes, a, that comes upon a fire. Like a fire, if it's weak, if it's a small little fire, and the strong wind blows, what happens to the fire? It's extinguished. But your faith is like the fuel of your religion. Right? And if you nurture your religion... By fueling your faith, by strengthening your faith, then when trials come, when difficulties come, when people express dislike for your faith, they're being Islamophobic, and they express their phobia towards you, even though you're just shopping for groceries. They say, why are you wearing that weird thing on your head? What's up with you? Right? Or they give you that dirty look. Right? If, it's, if Islam is just an identity then you have now imposed on my identity. And you're going to respond with ugliness. But if you're a Muslim, not out of identity, but because of faith, because you believe in Allah, because you are grateful to your creator and sustainer and benefactor, then it is like that fire that's been well-fueled. 
when the wind blows, what happens to the fire? It gets even stronger. You don't see tests as being tribulations. You see tests as opportunities. Opportunities of expressing your gratitude to Allah. Opportunities of being a true servant of Allah. Someone who responds with prophetic grace, with prophetic mercy, with prophetic beauty, with prophetic strength. A strength that embodied all dignity. The Prophet ﷺ had the ultimate Islamophobes around him, both in Mecca and Medina. Right? And one of the amazing incidents of that, right? so we, can, we too have come together to believe for a few moments. In the later Meccan years, when the enmity to Islam had strengthened, the Prophet ﷺ was making tawaf alone at night, in the depths of the night. But the leaders of Quraysh had gathered, not far from the Kaaba, just to plot how to attack the Prophet ﷺ. What do we do about this man? And then they saw the Prophet ﷺ had come. And the Prophet ﷺ used to go each night to pray. And, and that, the answer, what do we do if we fear Islamophobia? Do what your Prophet did, sallallahu When he was faced by the Islamophobes of Mecca, did he hold back from all that is pleasing to Allah? Never. Why? Because being Muslim is not an identity. Being Muslim is that you believe in Allah and you are a servant of Allah. And what does the servant do? They serve. They serve. They're seeking to please their master and their Lord out of gratitude. So the Prophet ﷺ was aware. Why were, they, why were they gathered near the Kaaba? Because they knew the Prophet ﷺ would be there. So the Prophet ﷺ started his tawaf. Every cycle of the tawaf, they were hurling insults and abuse and mocking and deriding the beloved Messenger of Allah And the first three cycles of tawaf, the Prophet ﷺ said absolutely nothing to them whatsoever. Nothing. And he probably wouldn't have said anything to them if it was left to him. But then he was inspired by Allah Taala to tell them something. So he did. They'd been abusing him. And tawaf takes some time. Three cycles of tawaf and they're just mocking, deriding, insulting, ridiculing and attacking him. He didn't say anything. But then it was revealed to him. That you should say something. And what he was to say to them was inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he just paused and told them, I have come to you with slaughter. Just a man alone against more than half a dozen of the leaders of Quraysh. These are the political figures of the society. All of them gathered together. You're a man alone. And they considered, him, they considered the Muslims weak at that time. He just said those words. And they were so stunned. And he just said it once. Without raising his voice, without anger. But they were so awed, the remaining tawaf, which is four cycles, they didn't say a word about the Prophet 
Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? So it's not just about being gentle. He was strong, but with beautiful strength. Why? Because his strength of resolve, right? That we should be strong in the face of challenges, but not strong out of our identity, because that's ego. Strength out of strength of faith. Inspired strength. And they were so shocked, they were silenced. Of course, some of our confused brethren take this hadith to say that it is from prophetic teachings that you can, you can slaughter your enemy. And that's completely untrue. Because it's a metaphorical statement. Every single one of those leaders of Quraysh died at the Battle of Badr. In some narrations, it actually says, the Prophet said, I have come to you with burning. That he also said that. But no one was slaughtered and no one was burnt. It was a metaphor. If you say the raptors slaughtered the calves, didn't mean that they gathered them after the game and chopped their necks. means they beat them. And I have come to you. We'll fight one day, but it's not today. Right? But he said it. Like, what is it about those words that resonated so much? One man who was being oppressed by them, he said one expression, and it silenced seven, eight of them. Right? It's that strength of faith. But this, is, this strength of faith is a meaning we must nurture. How do we nurture it? Don't go to, through the motions of your religion. Know that your prayer is an act of faith. Know that your fasting is an act of faith. Know that your charity is an act of faith. Know that sticking to the halal, avoiding the haram, it is an act of faith. Know that visiting your parents is an act of faith. Know that you're being involved in the community. Know that your social activism, your political activism, you're maintaining ties with family, with friends, all of it for the believer is an act of faith. We feed you only for the sake of Allah. Right? For the sake of Allah. Right? So all these things, how do we nurture our faith? All our acts of religion are acts of faith. Before you pray, turn your heart to Allah. Before you give charity, turn your heart to Allah. Before you visit family, turn your heart to Allah. When you think, should I go to the masjid or not? Don't focus just on the action. Before the action, focus on Allah. What does Allah seek from me? And you know your answer. When you think about, okay, I'm going to, get, to do this thing that is right. Don't just focus on the action. Focus first on Allah. And if you do, nothing will harm you. And nothing will harm you. The Prophet said, if you ask, ask from Allah. If you rely, rely upon Allah. Right? We say, You alone do we worship, you alone do we rely upon. Right? It, religion is about Allah alone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who gather together. And within as well, we strive to rekindle and reawaken our faith for moments. So that we fuel the fire of our, of our faith and we beautify it so that we have light in our hearts, light in our lives, and we can serve as light in our families and in our communities and for the broader society, spreading the light of good 
and mercy and beauty and virtue and excellence as our messenger represents so to believe for a few moments let's believe for a few moments we should all make this commitment right pause before you do anything whatsoever whether anything religious your prayer your fasting your charity your 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 going on umrah the umrah is not about umrah the, the Umrah is about performing this ritual for Allah, right? So what's more important, the action or the one you're doing it for? The one you're doing it for. So you put the first, first. Al-awwal, awwalan. The first comes first, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you pause. What helps in that? Make it a habit. As we see in the sunnah of the Prophet raise your hands. In a brief dua, ask Allah, O oh Allah, make this action for your sake. O oh Allah, grant me sincerity. O oh Allah, make me grateful to you. Ask Allah. When you have a difficult choice, ask Allah. Because the choice is not about what do I choose. That's a difficult choice. You're weak. What do you know? Should I take this job or that? Should I go to the masjid? Should I not? Should I give the charity? Should I not? Don't ask yourself, should I? Ask yourself the question, what does Allah seek from me? Ask in dua, oh Allah, assist me in making the right choice. And Allah will facilitate and inspire and guide you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala awaken the meanings of faith in our heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala awaken the meanings of shukr, of gratitude in our lives. May Allah make us of those who are able to say, as His beloved Messenger sallallahu said, أَفَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا shakura. Should I not be a servant? who is truly grateful, truly grateful to Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send His blessings and peace on our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa and make us of those who frequently send blessings and peace on our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa We ask you, O oh Allah, that you forgive the, the, the Muslims, male and female, alive, and those who have passed on of our families, and our circles of concern and of the ummah of your beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma arham ummata Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma tajawaz an ummati Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma yassir umura ummati Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma barik li ummati Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma ansur ummata Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma thabbit ummata Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma ayyid ummata Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahumma la taj'al على النبي الشاكر الذاكر سيدنا ونبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين وأقيم الصلاة